Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee-woo-wee-woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Woo. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. Today we have, we, we, you know, we're going to jump right into it, but I got to tell you something. We have a very special guest we have Dr. Brian Artis, and for those that you don't that you don't, do not know him, um, he actually has um, Artis Labs. I'll let him tell you a little bit about himself. You guys have probably seen it. Uh, Stu Peters did an entire special, and he has some groundbreaking. If you have not seen this groundbreaking um, evidence and uh, information about the coronavirus, so. Um, Let's let's not waste any time and let's bring because we got a lot to go over. Let's bring in Dr. Brian Artis. Dr. Artis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Apollo and Joe Oltman. How did you rise to power, Joe? Oh my gosh. That, it power. was it was the most unbelievable article. They wrote an article about me and they somebody sent it to me. Well, we found and, it by accident yesterday. Who, but, Remember when on, on oh, the Twitter? We yeah. were looking at somebody that we said, we're like, look, look here's, here's Heidi, here's Sean, and then here's, we, we happen to see it. Here's a journalist that has fixated on me, right? I mean, totally fixated on me. So I was like, well, let's go check out her, her Twitter. Bloop, here I come. I pop right up, and there's Joe Oatman, right? And she's like, how this guy rose to power. And I was like, I didn't rise to power. There's no rise of power. There's empowerment. There's teaching people that courage is more infectious than fear. And you certainly lived your life that way. It is just my honor to be with someone who has risen to such power, Joe Oldman. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please, please don't. It is, it is not even, yeah. I, I couldn't even believe it when they sent it to me. I was like, well, that's not true. But. That's not true. Uh, it is true because uh, we're all together and we're trying to do something great for humanity, right? Shoulder exposing to shoulder. Corruption, exposing lies. Uh, you've been doing a great job of doing that even going door to door now, as you just told me pre-recording. So uh, you guys are hell bent like I am on bringing truth and getting it to people, no matter how censored it's going to be attempted to be, go old school, go take it to them, hand it to them. 1776. That's right. In fact, I just got off the phone. I'm not joking with Dr. Richard Bartlett, who just said to me over the phone, he said, I don't know why God gave this to you, but every doctor that I know has been calling me saying, how did he figure it out? Because they all know the connection to anti-venom and venom and its coagulation impact and neurotoxicity that is exactly identical to COVID-19 symptoms. And they all know how to treat uh, venom and snake bites. And I am super thrilled. But what he said was, Dr. Aris, I don't know how God chose you or why he chose you. It doesn't even matter. But you have run with this like Paul Revere back in the day as a warning to the world of what's really going on. And he was super proud of me. And uh, I just want to let everybody know right now, 
If you haven't seen the Stu Peters clip or the other interviews that have already taken place with Scott McKay and Vandersteel and Mike Adams, uh, I pre-recorded all of these to make sure there was some kind of media blitz so people couldn't take me out before a lot of people were sharing the info and the documents. Right. That was really the only way I could see to help preserve my life. But uh, I just want you to know that no one knew who sent me the text that said, uh, Dr. Artis, December 1st, I received a text that said, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? Uh, and I asked this doctor last night, I said, are you okay if I actually tell people who you are? Uh, and he said, you absolutely can. I said, because I'm worried about your safety if I did. He didn't know what I figured out from his text. He was actually trying to get me to look at some other ideal about COVID in relationship to this question. And he knew I'd probably put it together. Uh, but uh, it was Dr. Richard Bartlett. He's the one that sent me that text. Uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett, I believe, was inspired by God to send me that text because God knew what I would do with it. And let me tell you a little bit about that. I, oh, yes. I do. I want yes. to hear. Look, this is your platform. I want you to be able to speak. I have lots of questions based upon the interviews because I've watched all the interviews and there's this chill that comes over me. There's this chill. Like yeah, you just feel like, oof. So yeah, it's, I've had it's that for floor. four months now. It's been overwhelming. So I, I want to let everybody know and try to diffuse this too. Uh, I flew to see Stu Peters because I was looking for security and security info and intellectualism because I don't know anything about security, but I could feel this overwhelming threat was going to come to me as a result of the information I was uncovering. And there's already been people that have died who were about to expose these truths that I'm about to tell the whole world. And so I was getting really freaked out. So I went to talk to him because of his bounty hunting background and him and I had become like brothers. He really has said from the first time I did an interview with him about a year and a half ago that it feels like I'm a lost long brother to him. And every month or so, he'll just send me a random text that says, uh, Dr. Artis, I love you, bro. And it's just out of nowhere, unsolicited. And uh, it's really been this kind of cool brotherhood we've had that uh, since this COVID thing. So I decided to trust him with finding out some security maybe on my behalf and I wanted to do it in private. When he asked me why I needed security detail, I, I told him some of the aspects of what you saw in the documentary. He asked me to fly up two weeks later, bring all the documentation because uh, it was just too far-fetched and hard to accept out of the gate. Um, he asked me in that interview when I first met with him talking about security, he goes, well, how do you think they're weaponizing venom? And I said, I actually think they're doing it through the water. Now, Stu Peters started immediately going in social media by the time I even landed in Dallas talking about, I've got a, I've got a credible source. Everybody should freak out and panic about the water. I saw, I saw that. And I was like, oh my God, Stu, what are you doing? I didn't, I didn't actually come to tell you this to freak out the world and create more panic. I mean, I didn't. I just want to diffuse this real quickly because I don't want to talk about water. Uh, he ran with this. I think he knew it would grasp people's attention to look at water as the source possibly for COVID-19. And I'll just say right now, I, I actually believe that's how they're doing it. However, I do want to say something. It's a theory. I don't want people asking me, why are you saying it's in the water? How do you, and they'll go like this. I'm sure they're going to do this. And Richard Bartlett called me to talk about this. He goes, they're going to ask you, how do you know it's in the water? I said, Richard, I already know how I'm going to diffuse this. So I'm going to diffuse it right now in two sentences, and I really don't want to talk about it anymore. Ready? How do I know it's in the water? Yeah. Every government around the world is testing your city water for SARS-CoV-2. They already know it's in the water. 
And then they're using that as a predictor to tell the, the, the city and the community to expect an outbreak soon. Why? Because you're drinking that water and you're exposed to that water. It recirculates into your city. If the CDC has 647 water testing sites where they're PCR testing for water, for SARS-CoV-2, your city water, they know it's in the water. So okay, please so stop asking how I know it's in the water. It's in the water. This, this thing this that, that we just put up is waterborne disease and outbreak surveillance. And this is National Wastewater Surveillance System, a new public health tool to understand COVID-19 spread in the community. And this actually goes through wastewater surveillance uh, can provide an early warning of COVID-19 spread in communities. So it's actually, they're saying the, the quiet part out loud. It's almost as if this yes. is the way that they speak. And it's all backwards. It's 100% backwards. Because if, if they're telling us, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to test the water. So once you guys get infected with COVID somehow, and then you're excreting it, we'll find levels in the water, and then we'll be able to tell you when you're going to get sick. That's entirely backwards. Because by that point, so you've already been exposed. But by the time they would see that, your symptoms would be over, right? Yeah, supposedly, as they say, as people get SARS-CoV-2, they're going to poop it out in the water and they're going to find high levels. Well, if it already went, if it already went through you, you would have already gotten sick and then you excreted it. How can you be now telling the same community you're about to have another outbreak? That's weird. Uh, so to me, I'll just tell you, I haven't trusted anything the CDC's done for years. I mean, for this whole COVID period, but for years I haven't. What's really odd to me about the wastewater surveillance, they've been doing it since the 1st of January of 2020 but they didn't tell anybody publicly until September of 2020. That's 10 months of the pandemic. Why didn't they tell you they were messing with the water in every city in 37 cities at 400 sites? And why did three weeks ago, did Walensky of the CDC just say, we're gonna increase the water surveillance testing sites. There you go. They're gonna increase it to 647 from the 400 they've already had. All right, so if you- The CDC and governments around the world are looking for SARS-CoV-2, a bioweapon, in your water. Okay, so how so, do I know it's in the water? They know it's in the water. This is what they're doing. So and they're don't not, ask me about why it's in the water. Uh, it's in the water. They already know it. it's how they're testing it. Okay, so this is a brief from the White House um, on whitehouse.gov uh, from, from uh, March 2nd. So if you're on the audio version, that's what you're hearing right now um, or seeing right now. But if you go all the way, you're not, you're hearing it, you're, you're not seeing it. Go all the way to the top if you would, please. Um, and this goes through a brief, a, a press briefing by White House and HHS public health officials in March 2nd, 2022. And uh, this, this is uh, the actual uh, speech. And we'll, we'll make this available, Mr. Producer, if we could just drop this into the, the comments after the show, we'll drop it into the actual comments. So you can pick it up in the comments. Yep. And then we will drop it onto um, the uh, Telegram as well. If you're on the audio version, you can go check out Telegram and uh, look at it as well. And okay. in here, they, they literally say, we are increasing uh, the numbers of sites. We now have 647. I'm trying to find the exact Isn't it amazing spot. these numbers my brain can't forget? I mean, I, I watched this and read it three weeks ago or four weeks ago, and I'm like, oh my God, you're, you're actually planning to keep going? You know this lull in COVID right now? Why is it we're spending millions of dollars to go test for more SARS-CoV-2 in additional cities? Like, what's the point? I thought it was dying off. Nope. I actually do not trust anything they're doing with the water. Stop asking me and please don't make a big deal about the water. They already know it's in the water. This is where they're looking for it. Isn't it weird? Let me just ask you guys. Isn't it weird to find out that a respiratory virus, they're not going into airplanes with like little swabs looking for SARS-CoV-2 in the air or having filtering 
like cartridges that they're pulling out looking for SARS-CoV-2 in the air. They're not looking in the air. They're looking in the water. Every country around the world's looking at the water for SARS-CoV-2. It's in the water. They already know it. That's why they're spending millions of dollars looking in the water. So the next question should be the fact that all governments are testing the water for SARS-CoV-2 that I'm telling you has snake venom peptides tied to it or it is snake venom peptides. The fact that they're looking in the water for it, you need to ask yourself, can you find documentation that the governments around the world who are looking for SARS-CoV-2 in your water, do they also have processes or protocols or procedures in place to remove SARS-CoV-2 from your water? I haven't read any of that. So if they're finding it and they know it's predictors for outbreaks, why aren't they taking it out of your water? Why are they just looking for it? So if it's a predictor for future outbreaks, you need to watch the water. They are. Why are they watching the water? You should probably watch the water, especially your tap water. <laughs> I mean, so I really don't want to talk a lot about the water. They're looking in the water. They're increasing so, their water testing. Site. They're looking for a virus in the water that they made. Okay. There we go. Well, that, that might explain how one person in the house would get it and the other one wouldn't. One would you know, have bad hygiene, just not take showers well, or brush their teeth. How about this one? <laughs> brought up in the thing. Why, why, are the, why are all the people who are out drinking and smoking going out to bars? They're all fine. Right? I'll use my father. Alcohol my father. kills it? Or have, well, I, no, alcohol, doesn't, I don't think it kills it. I don't think that's, that wouldn't have anything to do with it. Possibly the alcohol might interfere with the acetylcholine receptors that it's binding to. I don't think that's, that's not good advice, and I don't know. But nicotine does, and they were actually, you, you mentioned it in the documentary, France did. I remember seeing all, all of these news articles about, uh, you know, them arguing about and then trying to fact check that nicotine uh, or smoking, had, smokers had a lower... Uh, rate of getting COVID and dying from it and very likely it's because the nicotine actually binds to the same receptors those nicotinic acetylcholine receptors that the venom would actually target to target your breathing my father heavy smoker quadruple bypass emphysema for years he you know in almost 80 years old smokes like a chimney never got sick never had breathing problems my mother very healthy and all that she got really really hit with it, it makes no sense and I know multiple other cases of that how do you explain that? So, so out of the gate, January through April of 2020, there were research studies identifying that the spike protein had a gene sequence that was very similar to neurotoxins found in crate venom, which is a viper, and then king cobra venom. This is what they found. And these two venoms attack the nicotinic receptors in your brainstem that control your diaphragm's ability to draw in air. So they started hypothesizing uh, because they were noticing in hospitals around the world, they were all reporting the same thing, that less than 5% of all hospitalized people worldwide for COVID were smokers. And they just kept acknowledging that this, there's this weird demographic that doesn't make sense because smokers who should have a worse health outcome of their lungs, you would think they were more susceptible to a respiratory virus. Well, when you look at the venom possibility, it explains it all because it's not actually in the lungs. It's going to your brainstem, attacking nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, and then it's suppressing and paralyzing your ability to breathe. But smokers, they were hypothesizing because of nicotine binding to those nicotinic receptors. And I'll just say, I am not a nicotine specialist. This was just an observation. But venom attacks neurotoxin nicotinic receptors in the brain that control breathing. And they found this very common 
scenario where smokers were the least effective. Now, when the world started reporting this, Take that down. Uh, our government, the FDA, the CDC, and the NIH, in the middle of May and uh, May and June of 2020, started coming out in the media saying, "There's no better time than now to quit smoking." Smokers, they said, were the highest risk to be hospitalized and die from COVID-19, which was a flat-out lie. It was just the opposite. So, in order for them to continue their agenda, they had to convince people to quit smoking because you're going to be more susceptible. But they were just lying to you. Uh, there was some benefit to nicotine as a protection. Now, I've already heard, so please don't hold me to this. Remember, I'm a retired chiropractor. I am not a nicotine specialist. I'm not an, I am a researcher and I love clinical data and information and studying the human body. It's what I've done my whole life. I love it. So yes, I've put stuff together. Yes, it is true they're using venom to do this. Yes, there's some protective nature of nicotine. And I cannot tell you that over the last four months, as anyone I have heard who has said to me, regardless if it was Omicron variant, Delta variant, it doesn't matter what they said. If they said they were struggling to get over COVID and they were like in their second week and they were just having low pulse oximeter levels, all I said to them was, I know you're doing ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and zinc because they told me, I just need you to go to your pharmacy and buy Nicorette gum or get a nicotine patch. And I didn't tell them why. I just said, go get it. And I said, and watch the miracle in 48 hours or less. In every case, they all got over their symptoms within 48 hours. Uh, and it was just phenomenal. So if this isn't true, I'm sorry, all you academics that know more about nicotine than me. I'm just telling you from the clinical experience, when you use it, oh my God, it worked. But if somebody comes out here and goes, it's not exactly the same nicotine. Okay, great. I'm just telling you, there is venom attacks the nicotinic receptors of the brainstem, the central nervous system that controls your ability to breathe. This is why the weapon called SARS-CoV-2 suppresses the patient's ability to breathe, their oxygen levels drop, and that's why they struggle. This is why corticosteroids are effective, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, if you use the nicotine, it actually is, from what I've read and what I've seen, it's the only missing link people haven't been using because they kept deflecting from that narrative from the beginning. Okay, so you said- And I'm just gonna tell you, they, they present, I would love to hear you guys ask me questions. I'm just gonna tell you. Right. When you put the lens on, it's very hard to grasp here because I've been doing this every hour, every minute for the last four months. Okay. So, and why so God you, yeah. So to, I want to slow it down a little bit for everyone because yeah, we need to, this, when I, you put I, the lens on, you put the lens and go like this. Richard Bartlett just called me and said, oh my God, doctors are calling me around the world. Everything about COVID is just like snake venom. Yeah, no kidding. When you put the lens on, and for a lot of people who've been wearing masks, scared of a respiratory virus, right? We have been conditioned to accept that this is a virus spreading around in the air, blah, 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 that you're breathing in. But if you look at it as a venom from snakes and you put it on every single thing related to the uniqueness and the mystery of COVID-19 fully comes in like laser focus, you can identify it to venom, for example in the middle of the night. This is something I knew when I released this info. I just wanna admit this to everybody. I don't know everything about venom. I know enough to support the narrative that this whole damn thing is done by venom peptides from snakes. The whole thing, the whole thing. I know that. Okay, so here we go. Someone last night, let me just give you a hint of what, what this does and this will help you understand what I'm talking about because I want people to kind of think of it this way and then go do their own research. In the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning, you know James Grunvig from 
AMP Media? Yeah, yeah. James is texting my phone because some woman around on the other side of the planet was up after seeing the interview and said, finally, I can make sense of why it is children didn't get COVID-19 like adults did. And then she started sending James all these research studies that I had not seen. So can I tell you what they said? Yeah, do you, she you can was share your screen too if you want. I mean, if you have stuff you want to yes. share, you can share it. Yeah, we'll do it. So that, this is on my phone. I'm on my computer, but I'm just going to show you. This is what they sent me, and I'll, I'll send it to you. But this yeah. is what they found. They found and were able to figure out that the reason why kids aren't developing SARS-CoV-2 and not affected by it the way that adults are is because of a hormone that's at higher level in children than in adults, and it's called melatonin. And she was sending one research study after another to James that snake venom is inhibited by melatonin as a hormone. And she's like, oh my God, it finally makes sense why it is that children weren't getting affected by SARS-CoV-2 as much as adults were. Yes, the whole thing's going to make sense to you as soon as you start going looking at it. But to, I'll send this to Apollo right now. I'll let him see it. How about that? I'll text it to him. All right. Because I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, I'll put it up. So... So look, I mean, I have questions because because I want to I want to back this up for everyone. They they the mainstream media came out and said, "Do not take ivermectin; it's horse paste." Even though it was the um, it was an award winning drug that's been around for decades, that has actually saved many lives, especially with uh, uh, anti parasitic and 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 antiviral related to malaria specifically. And I know because I took it when I was in Africa, when I had malaria twice. Um, so they started saying that. They started saying hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. They started saying that, um, you know, um, hydroxy, uh, what is it called? The, the butyrol treatments. Budesonide. Budesonide doesn't work. Everything that President Trump talked about at first didn't work. Then you have the CDC. And one of the things you said in the report was, is everything that the CDC says to do you found that doing the opposite would save your life. It's everything the NIH said to do, doing the opposite would save your life. Everything the FDA told you to do, doing the opposite would save your life. And I think that's what you're saying now is that, hey, they're telling you in the middle of this to stop smoking. Do not take ivermectin. They had entire hospitals and systems that were shutting off the ability to get access to it, and they convinced a bunch of young people that this is just horse paste. I had a, a friend of my son's that they said it was horse paste. So so tell us about that. I mean, is that, you know, you were very adamant about this, but do not, can you take that down for just a minute, please? Um, do not uh, listen to the CDC. And if they tell you to do something, do the opposite. Is, is that really what we're dealing with? Are they, are they purposely trying to kill people? Yes, they're specifically trying to make sure the agenda goes on as planned, which is make sure you keep away from people and medical doctors allowing them to use or believe that natural things or drugs will work against COVID. So in the documentary, I even mentioned that uh, with remdesivir, for example, in January of this year, the FDA issued an emergency use authorization to extend now remdesivir to be the only drug given to children and newborns for COVID-19. And I got angry because I don't like remdesivir and everybody knows how I feel about remdesivir, but in the 42-page document, it says, underneath remdesivir is a drug describing how to give it. It says, right underneath it, it only mentions one other drug in the whole 42 pages. It says hydroxychloroquine cannot be co-administered with remdesivir. 
because hydroxychloroquine is an antagonist to the antiviral properties of remdesivir. Now, the problem with reading that was I've been since December 1st or December, middle of December when I got this text and realized I had this text, I had been looking at the venom connection and then wanting to know, is this a reason why the CDC, NIH, FDA are telling everyone not to use specific drugs? I have the studies confirming that the actual elements inside of venom that cause death and destruction and harm from snake venom is inhibited by chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. They've known it since 1993. They've known this is an inhibitor of these venoms. This is why they don't want you using it. And immediately what I thought was, oh my God, what if remdesivir is venom? Okay, so this and is what the... If so, yeah, so there you go, you, right there. Perfect. Can you describe this to us, what you're looking at right now? This is the National Library of Medicine. Yep, anti so is that 1993? It's really blurry on my screen. I'm really sorry. I don't so know why. So the title of this not... is Antimalarials Inhibit Human Erythrocyte Membrane Acetylcholinesterase. Yep, so acetylcholinesterase are the actual attacking enzymes that lead to all of SARS-CoV-2. And they know that when you attack those in humans, antimalarials inhibit those things that attack ACH receptors. You've heard of this ACE2 receptors, right? SARS-CoV-2 attacks this thing. It inhibits, anti-malarials do, anything that attacks these ACE2 receptors. Isn't that amazing? This is why they don't want you looking at hydroxychloroquine. It's also why they don't want you looking at ivermectin. You want to look at something else, which is very cool? Uh, all along, Judy Mikovits was right. Remember the pandemic documentary where she yeah. said when Nick Willis asked her, what's an antidote? Oh, it's really clear now on the screen. What happened? This is great. I, I fixed it for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Everything was super blurry. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll just for you. All right. So uh, Judy Mikovits said uh, there is an antidote. It's called Suramin. And y'all can pull it up on the screen. I'd love to show you this because I asked Judy about it once I got into digging into this. And she didn't know anything about the snake venom part of Suramin. I want you to look up a research study titled 100 Years of Suramin. S-U-R-A-M-I-N. 100 Years of Suramin. And it's very interesting because she actually says to Mickey Willis when he says, well, would they have an antidote? Why would they allow a infectious gain of function testing virus to spread around the entire world? And this article halfway through all of my study, and I was like, oh my God, Suramin is an antidote. Uh, and you'll see here, look, wait, go up, 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 back up where it says first, it talks about Suramin, go below there. Suramin is an anti-parasitic, go down. Right Suramin as an antiparasitic drug. I want you to go down to the second paragraph there. It says Suramin had been used and it has been in use for river blindness, river blindness. caused by parasite, blah, blah, blah. It acts both on microphili and to a greater extent on adult worms. However, Suramin was subsequently replaced by the less toxic and orally bioavailable ivermectin because Suramin was making people so sick when they took yeah. it. Ivermectin like, like was chemo. Superior. Yep. So Suramin can be used as an antiparasitic, and we know that it does that for a hundred years, and it's been able to cure river blindness and other things that are parasitic infections. What's very interesting to me is that Judy specifically said that the antidote to the actual SARS-CoV-2 virus pandemic, pandemic, is Suramin. I want you to go back to that research study because I want to show you something. In the whole research study on Suramin, the next paragraph, <laughs> go down, it's titled Suramin as an Antidote. And the whole thing is how it inhibits snake venom peptides. The whole thing. This describes exactly how Suramin behaves. But what did they replace Suramin with recently because it was less toxic? 
ivermectin. Ivermectin. Ivermectin has antivenom properties just like Suramin does. Hydroxychloroquine does too. And in that Stu Peters interview, if you keep that up, in the Stu Peters interview, I said it was amazing that in the summer of 2021, the University of Arizona said when they evaluated COVID-19 people who were treated in hospitals who died, they took their tissue samples and they found inside of their bodies elevations of this enzyme called PLA2. And it was at levels way higher than any healthy individual. And it actually is found in rattlesnake venom. And the title of their article was like venom coursing through the body. They found in COVID-19 patients, this PLA2, and you see it right there, Suramin inhibits phospholipase A2. So does ivermectin, so does hydroxychloroquine, so does corticosteroids, so does nicotine. I mean, this is what these things do. So I just want to bring this to light that all along these people were right, but they have been, they didn't know what they were targeting or what they were using. The weapon is a venom. And this is the major part of the, the entire story. The whole story is they're using venom from animals, a whole bunch of snakes, by the way, crates, cobras, vipers, others as the weapons. And they've isolated these peptides to actually make you sick. And they're calling it a respiratory virus. And it's not, <laughs> it's not what's killing you. They could be tied to a virus, but the venoms are doing the damage. So, so we, we spoke at an reawaken America tour and, uh, you know, I came out and said that, uh, because I got really, really sick and, uh, I'd already had COVID and I went to the doctor and I was COVID negative and Apollo, you got really sick. And, uh, we, you know, I, I went to my doctor and my doctor's like, well, this sounds like after talking to Jovan, this sounds like, uh, anthrax, right? And, uh, the reason why you, 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 uh, I bring this up is because I had to take high doses of what, what's wrong with me. What doxycycline. doxycycline for 90 days wow. for 90 days in order to get rid of it. I mean, doxycycline in your body for 30 days is not good, but for 90 yeah. days, it tears up your stomach, your intestines. I mean, it literally does a lot of damage. So you know, everyone joked about the fact that I thought that I got hit with anthrax. And the reason why I, th I say this and the reason why I'm more compelled towards, you know, waterborne than being airborne and why it makes sense to me is because I remember being in the room when, you know, I, there were there was people there with gloves and masks and spraying the food. Right. Or near the food, but they were probably spraying the food. So I was ingesting it. And the whole idea of creating bioweapons that you ingest or like water, you ingest it to cause you to get sick is... One, do you remember how I was after that for weeks? I was vomiting, like retching, like my... It, it was like I had an animal inside of me, unbelievable abdominal pain, uh, intestinal pain. I was yeah. throwing up food. Uh, I mean, it doesn't well, do sound like COVID. Yeah. Do you want me to go through some documents with your group? I do. Please. For whatever yes. time you have yeah. left? Yeah. All right, so let's do some screen sharing here. Screen share. Just because I like people seeing where it is my mind went. So these people need to see. What in the world is that? <laughs> We're going into a tunnel. This is because <laughs> you've got the, the same screen up. All right. So there can you go. see the screen? Yep. Yeah. All right. So when I got this text from Dr. Richard Bartlett about antivenom and go into the hospital, I knew that he was trying to get my attention to accept a reality that antivenom was beneficial. And the reason why I did this is because he's a proponent for and has been using successfully monoclonal antibodies. I did not know that antivenom was monoclonal antibodies. 
So he knew I would go, when I read the text, I would immediately go like this. Of course I would go get anti-venom. Why are you saying that to me? And he knew that I knew nothing about anti-venom. So I went and looked it up online only to find out that anti-venom is monoclonal antibodies. And then I realized, like you just talked about, Joe, that, oh my God, uh, the CDC, FDA, and the NIH say not to use monoclonal antibodies. What if it does work? And then why in the world would anti-venom called monoclonal antibodies work against COVID? Is there some snake venom-like uh, property or source for snakes? Was it ever discussed in the media? And I knew I could quickly figure it out if it ever been fact-checked, referenced. I just didn't know in January, February, March of 2020 if it was ever referenced. So I'm going to take you through what I saw. So here we go. I immediately went online, and this is what I found in January of 2020. At the top of the slide, you'll see the date if you can't see it on the screen in the article. Every slide will have this. Yeah. This is in Healthline magazine. Where did the new coronavirus come from? Potentially a bat, snake, or pangolin. And I remember reading this December 18th, and I was like, what? I never knew they even referenced that snakes could have been a source. And then I want you to look to the right. It says, fact-checked by Dana K. Castle. And I was like, oh, my God, they started fact-checking this in the same month that they were referencing snakes. And what they kept fact-checking was back to bats. It's from bats, not snakes. And they're okay talking about bats. They don't want you looking at snakes. Inside the article, we read, a new study found the virus may have originated in bats and then spread to humans via a snake or pangolin. And I just kept reading. Sheng Yang Yi, a professor of the university and member of the research team, told the Xinhu News in Wuhan that although previous research found the novel coronavirus originated in bats, those animals hibernated in the winter, making it unlikely that they caused the current outbreak. How amazingly observant is that? These bats aren't even outside during the winter when the outbreak occurred in Wuhan. Next slide, CNN is even reporting on it. Snakes could be the source of the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak. No way, seriously? And then they mention on CNN, snakes, the Chinese crate and the Chinese cobra may be the original source of the newly discovered coronavirus that has triggered an outbreak of a deadly infectious respiratory illness in China this winter. I mean, I've never seen a snake cough but that's pretty interesting, yeah? <laughs> okay, next slide. When the researchers perform a more detailed bioinformatics analysis of the sequence of 2019, this novel coronavirus, it suggests that this coronavirus might have come from snakes. I could not believe what I was reading. In the same article on CNN, the researchers used an analysis of the protein codes. I'll just go to the end. They compared a whole bunch of animals, last sentence. Surprisingly, they found that the protein codes for SARS-CoV-2 are most similar to those used in snakes. Next slide. Oh my God, same month. Science News Now, here comes the fact checking. No, snakes probably aren't the source of that new coronavirus in China. Inside the article though, notice the title. No, snakes probably aren't the source of the new coronavirus. Now look in the article. This is the same article. Based on the similarities between the virus's genes and those of its potential animal host, quote, snake is the most probable wildlife animal reservoir for the 2019 novel coronavirus. The researchers were right. We and his team suggest that a virus from the mini banded crate or Chinese cobra may have combined with a bat virus and sparked the new outbreak. All right, same month, SciTech Daily even calls it snake pneumonia coronavirus outbreak in China traced to snakes by genetic analysis. I mean, did you guys know this? I did not. And I've this read a lot. Crazy. Not before yesterday. Yes. It's, it's so crazy. This has been in your face, published, printed, fact-checked, and no one even knew it. All right, here we go. Next slide. 
Uh, this is in the same article. Finally, the team uncovered evidence that the SARS-CoV-2 likely resided in snakes before being transmitted to humans. Next sentence in the italics. Results derived from our evolutionary analysis suggest for the first time that snake is the most probable wildlife animal reservoir for 2019, the new novel coronavirus. Uh, here's the article they're all referencing. This is in January of 2020. I cannot, I said this in the article uh, or in the Stu Peters thing, please pay attention to what I'm about to show you. This was peer reviewed and published January of 2020. Cross species transmission, which means from one species of an animal to another of the highly new identified coronavirus 2019. Okay. In this article, it says that there are two types of snakes, the mini banded crate and the Chinese cobra. I'm only reading the highlighted areas. They were used for RSCU analysis. Squared Euclidean distance between the SARS-CoV-2 and the banded crate snake is 13.54. Euclidean distance means uh, you actually square something dealing with your genes and the Euclidean distance tells you just how close to the origin of the gene you're getting. So the squared Euclidean distance between SARS-CoV-2 and the banded crate snake is 13.54. The distance between SARS-CoV-2 and cobra snake called Naja Naja Atra is 16.69. And then this is what they found. In the research article, as you go to the left, the animals on the left are the gene sequences most identical to SARS-CoV-2. It is not bats. It is the Bungaroo toxin snake called a crate snake. The second snake is called Naja Atra. That is the king cobra. You can tell by the actual image. And then it goes maybe bats, then maybe chickens, then maybe pangolins or whatever that thing is, a marmot, and then humans. Okay. You just need to know in January of 2020, they found that crate snakes and cobra snakes were the closest origin source for SARS-CoV-2. Next slide. This is the summary of the same article. Now, this is what everyone needs to pay attention to. You're all going to become genetic experts right here, okay? In summary, results derived from our evolutionary or beginning analysis suggest that 2019 novel coronavirus that it has most similar genetic information with bat coronavirus and has most similar codon usage bias with snake. Okay, I need you to focus on the last part of that sentence where it starts and has most similar codon usage bias with snake. I don't, I did not know you guys. I didn't know what codon was. I didn't remember. I didn't remember. I don't even know what codon usage bias meant. So I'm going to show you because I didn't know. Here we go. You're going to learn with us. On the NIH's website, they define what a codon is. On any sequence of DNA, RNA, or mRNA, they actually lump three nucleic acids together in groups, and they call that a codon. So if you look at the bottom, the illustration is for mRNA example. A codon is three nucleic acids in sequence together, and they call it codon one, two, three. They just lump them into groups of three. So any questions about that? That's just what it is. Codon is just yeah. identifying three nucleic acids on any genetic material. Now, the question was, on this statement, it says the most similar codon usage bias was with a snake. So I wanted to know what codon usage bias means. This is what it means. In November 25th, 2021, codon usage bias, look at the highlighted part. Codon usage bias reflects the origin 
mutation patterns and evolution of the species or genes. Just read to the comma. Codon usage bias reflects the origin. What did they say the origin was? As most snake. similar origin with snake. Got it? Just read it that way. Its origin is snake. Uh, but no one's talked about that for two damn years. All right, so here we go. Inside of all the articles I'm about to show you, they called from the beginning the SARS-CoV-2 was, as you see in the abstract here below, it says severe acute respiratory syndrome called coronavirus 2 is the responsible pathogenic RNA virus responsible for the ongoing pandemic. In this article, January of 2021, they titled that phospholipase enzymes are the potential biomarker for SARS-CoV-2 virus. So if you locate phospholipase enzymes in a patient, this is how you know they have SARS-CoV-2. It's very interesting because phospholipase A2 is actually in the same article they tell you where it was discovered. This enzyme, among them, SPLA2, which is what this is, was first discovered, group of PLA2 enzymes, was discovered as a component of cobra venom. Isn't that interesting? A lapid and viper family a lapid and viper family snakes having SPLA2 group one, two, three, four, blah, 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 as the main component in snake venom. Snake venom PLA2s induce pathologically alterations in the victim by hydrolyzing phospholipids in membranes. That's what a cytokine storm is, people. That's what it is. That's what this enzyme does. And they're telling you here, phospholipase enzymes, this is the same article, is the potential biomarker for SARS-CoV-2. And they found this thing, discovered it in components of Cobravin. And what did they just find in January of 2020 in that article I just showed? The origin is most like crate snakes and cobra snakes. Crazy, right? Okay, in the same article, the role of this phospholipase 2 enzyme in lung infections and related respiratory problems that they found in cobra venom originally, there's some evidence that elevated levels of this in patients with lung infections and respiratory problems. Pulmonary surfactant is important by lowering surface tension along the alveolar epithelium. Alveolar is the little sacs that draw air in from your lungs and put it in blood. Destruction of this surface tension will result in lung injury called acute respiratory distress syndrome. Did you see that? That's yeah. cobra venom. That's what venoms of snakes does to the lungs. Next. I want to read the second part, actually. Oh, no, we got to read the first part. This is important because you're going to start to put together the narrative. While both men and women, this is the same article, while both men and women have the same prevalence of SARS-CoV-2 without any gender discrimination, men is more susceptible to face more complications and death. This study was evidence that the inverse correlation of this phospholipase enzyme found in cobra venom activity with vitamin C concentration in COVID-19 patients. Interestingly, the vitamin C concentration in the blood is lower in males than in females. It also links the severity of COVID-19 in males with the correlation of increasing SPLA2 activity and the decrease in vitamin C content. So here they were able to explain that this enzyme found inside of cobra venom that's also linked to the severity of SARS-CoV-2 is inhibited by the concentration if it's elevated of vitamin C. There's an inverse correlation to vitamin C concentration and people getting SARS-CoV-2 and dying. So I have two questions. Number one, it could explain if that is the mechanism why they have staunchly refused in hospitals to give IV vitamin C. You are now going to put Second, the entire picture together. The whole picture is going to come together. So does the this also thing? explain why 
why boys are massively over overrepresented in getting myocarditis? Is could that be why? Exactly why? Everything related to COVID is all related to venom and the minerals and vitamins in these kids and adults. All right, so I want to go down to this last part here. It says that uh, another study revealed that the increasing rates of this enzyme, originally found in cobra venom, like I just showed you, were positively correlated with not only viral loads in patients with COVID-19, but also with the severity of the pneumonia in non-COVID-19 patients. Therefore, it could be suggested that increased levels of this in the blood could provide insights to the higher mortality that is seen in patients with underlying comorbidities for COVID-19, like hypertension, diabetes mellitus, and cardiovascular disease. What do we keep seeing? COVID-19 supposedly just targets people with comorbidities. So does this enzyme in venom. It's amazing. All right, next slide. Here's the article from Arizona. Like venom coursing through the body, Researchers identify mechanism driving COVID-19 mortality. Researchers have identified what may be the key molecular mechanism responsible for COVID-19 mortality, an enzyme related to neurotoxins found in rattlesnake venom. Did any of you see this before? It's freaking insane. No, no, no yeah, I haven't yeah, seen Yeah, I, ha I have it actually. I, I haven't seen any of this. I, I haven't, even the idea of putting one next to the other that it could be in i mean l let's just talk about the the, the mind-blowing effects of what you're saying number one that it's in the water number two that it's caused by snake venom number three that there are researchers that were doing research related to this and uh, and one of those researchers was murdered yeah bing Lu. and so i have a question about that actually um about the about the water angle. Um, okay. How, so obviously, I mean, the, the implications of this are just unbelievable. Number one, I mean, this is actually sure. earth shattering. How, do, how are they getting this in the water? I mean, are they obviously like, I, I don't assume just like with the election fraud with, with Dominion, not every poll watcher, not everyone who was working the elections in every precinct was in on it. I assume it's not every, every single person at every single water plant or everyone everywhere they're doing this. So are, are they bringing in contractors? Is, is this a CDC thing? Is that, uh, where is this coming from? Yeah, when you read the wastewater surveillance reports from the CDC, I'll just reference back. The CDC is looking for SARS-CoV-2 and finding it in your water doing PCR testing. Okay. In 37 cities, 400 sites from the beginning. They're now increasing that to 647 sites around the entire country. It is in water. They're actually looking for it in water. How are they putting it in there? They've contracted companies to do the testing for them. My suspicion would be that they're being told to use a reagent that helps them to identify in the water uh, SARS-CoV-2. That would be what my guess would be, and I would be not shocked if the reagent they're using is actually what the CDC wants them to put in the water. <laughs> this is not, this is not, um, I'm just saying, I mean, Every government about, around the world is looking at water. They're messing with water for a respiratory virus to predict the outcomes. And we're talking well about water. <laughs> and, and we're talking about just high level. I mean, you know, I, I want to point this out. We're going into the summertime, and uh, Fauci, you know, Fauci came out and said, "We're about to have another. We're not going to have another spike." Yet mathematically, I go back and look because I like math. And I don't see that that spike should exist based upon the natural curve of a virus. So if what you're saying is accurate and it's in the water, then, then we, we literally are, 
they're genociding people around the world. I mean, that's, that's really what, I mean, that's, that's the outcome. The outcome is people are dying and they're creating chaos and fear around the world. But someone, they have to know this. Yeah. Okay, so I have and a so, question. Does Trump, I mean, I'm going to assume that, that Trump had to have known, known about this. I mean, he said all kinds of weird stuff about snakes and about water. Why would they allow this to pan out this far? If they knew that they were um, doing yeah. something like this. Yeah, so I'll talk on that because I don't mind doing it. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done it. I want, oh, can I, share, can I share something with you guys real quick? Yes. Yeah, sure. I need to share something with you, okay? Because before anyone even goes like this, is it really possible that they're doing it? Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. Okay. Let me do screen sharing once again. I'm telling you, uh, I just found this last week, uh, probably 10 days ago. Got to show you. Um, is it sharing right now, by the way? Can you tell? Yes, it is. Yeah, Mr. Producer, you have to. Yeah, I will. Oh. It gets a little weird. Can you see this? Yes. Okay, so this is from October 2021, just like six months ago. I could not believe Stu Peter's group didn't put this in the documentary because I gave it to him. This is the proof that they're using venom from snakes in COVID-19 patients. You ready? This was done in October of 2021. This was peer reviewed and approved. It is titled Toxin-like Peptides in Plasma, which is blood, urine, and fecal samples from COVID-19 patients. This is in Italy. I'm gonna scroll down so you guys can read this with me. This is the background. Okay. What they did is they took 20 COVID-19 tested positive patients, PCR tested. And then they wanted to know with 10 other people who did not test positive for SARS-CoV-2 with PCR testing. They wanted to know from these people from multiple cities in Italy. They wanted to know if they tested their blood, fecal matter, and urine for peptides, toxic peptides, would any of them show up positive in the COVID-19 group? So let's read the results here real quick. The results were toxin-like peptides, almost identical to toxic components of venoms from animals like conotoxins, which is a lethal venom from a marine snail, phospholipases, which we've already talked about, phosphodiesterases, which I will talk about, zinc metal proteinases, which is what snake venom destroys is your body's ability to maintain zinc, which is why you need zinc, and bradykinins were identified in samples from COVID-19 patients, but not in the control samples. Zero of the control samples had any. And then it says the presence of toxin-like peptides could potentially be connected to SARS-CoV-2 infection. Their presence suggests a possible association between COVID-19 disease and the release of these peptides. Now I'm gonna go into the peptides, ready? Let's go into the article. <laughs> Because this is insane. Let me find it in the article. I'll just stay there. Hold on. I have saved versions with it underlined, but I figure your audience would love to see this. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. Starting at the top right, you'll see the types of toxic-like peptides found resemble known conotoxins, phospholipases A2, which is what the University of Arizona said was the enzyme that's like rattlesnake venom coursing through the veins of COVID-19 patients, metalloproteinases, metal proteinases, like zinc. It destroys your body's ability to maintain zinc and copper, which makes you bleed internally. 
prothrombin activities, coagulation factors, usually present in animal venoms, but they found this in the COVID-19 patients. Uh, we're gonna go down a little bit further because it says Chang Etal. You see that, Chang Etal. This is the name of an author with a study. Reported the discovery of a super antigen-like motif in the S1 spike protein, as well as two other neurotoxin-like motifs that have been peptide similarities to neurotoxins from the King Cobra and the Bungarus genera, which is the crate snake. They conclude, these people doing this study on the 20 COVID-19 patients, they conclude that the neurotoxin-like motifs are present in SARS-CoV-2 protein products, acting as neurotoxic-like peptides. We checked in the full set of peptides that we got. Here we report on only 36 examples. And we identified in the blood and the stool samples, toxin-like pe peptides mapping on the kappa alpha bungarotoxin. Bungarotoxin is crate snake venom. We also found beta bungarotoxin from the Malayan crate snake. We found bungarotoxin and alpha bungarotoxin from the mini banded crate, which were reported by Chang and colleagues early on in the pandemic. Now I'm gonna show you the actual chart where they list all 36 toxins. Oh, it's sideways on here. Aw, I can that's rotate horrible. it, it's okay. Here, let me, I'll turn it. You can turn it? Yep. Okay, well, you can turn it, that's great. So they actually list all 36 peptides on three different tables. And I cannot tell you, if you're looking at the screen right now and turn your head sideways, the, yeah, they list them in order. It. It's rotated now. Okay, good. You will see the very first one they list is Malaysian its origin is peptide is from Malayan crate. And then you'll see the banded crate. Then you'll see below there the Chinese cobra. Then you'll see the spitting cobra. And then you'll see the Indian taipan, which is a viper. Then you'll see another taipan, brown snake, brown snake. And then if you go to the next chart, it continues. And every single one on this chart is a snake, including the king cobra, scaled vipers. I mean, all of these are peptides found from snakes. The first 20 of the 36 are all from snakes. When you get down to the part that reads a different color, the pink, that actually gets to, there's this weird peptide from the crown of thorn starfish. Everything after that is this conotoxin found in conos marine snails. It is actually known to be the most toxic venom to mammal tissue, like ever, and they hunt fish. But they've known since 1989, this conotoxin that they found in all these COVID-19 patients also, it's a venom. In 1989, I have the documents. They okay, have so been mass producing. They've been wait, mass so this producing. this is in plasma? This is in the blood, stools, and urine of the COVID-19 positive patients. Wow. They are weaponizing venoms and calling it COVID-19. Just so you know, the PCR tests for decades have been used in research studies solely to identify venom peptides and proteins and genes. That's what all snake venom researchers use, PCR tests. And never in the history of the world have we used PCR tests to test for viruses until the year before the pandemic when Anthony Fauci said in the remdesivir trial with Ebola, they were gonna use the PCR tests. Uh, guess what they were probably giving those people? Venom, because that's what the PCR test looks for. It's all it looks, well, it's not all it looks for. It looks for gene sequences, but they've been using it for the last three decades, I know, just so, for PCR tests. So, so that would explain, I mean, in, in, in small part or large part, 
um, we have seen massive numbers of stories of people going into the emergency room saying, I have a fever, you know, I don't feel well, and within hours being on a respirator. I mean, that-, that Oh, I've got documents where people who actually suck venom out of a cobra that bit them, they suck the venom out and then spit it out. And within an hour or two, they'll be on a respirator, actually be on ventilator for respiratory paralysis. And they never, they never even got bit. They actually have two cases where an individual, a healer in India, took somebody who got bit by a cobra. They cut the skin. The woman sucked the cobra venom out and spit it out. And she ended up on a ventilator within two hours, not because she got bit by the snake, but because it went in her mouth. And right. then guess what happened? She lost her sense of taste and smell. <laughs> Are you serious? It's called yes. An, an, uh, anos- anosmia. Yeah. It's well, just so you know, I was bit. The I, loss of, of taste. I was bit. I was bit a long time ago by a copperhead snake. Um, oh, weird. In the yeah, in in Virginia, and and I'll tell you, it was as painful of an experience. I remember the shots that they gave me and everything else. Now I didn't have any respiratory. Actually, I don't remember if I had respiratory issues, but I'll tell you, it was it was. Uh, it was as painful as you could possible possibly imagine. It was okay, so I have another I have another question. So I know it's not, and while you're pulling that up, they're if they're putting it in the water, obviously chloroquine is not the same as chlorine. I know they put they put things in the water. They put chlorine in the water. They put fluoride. They put a lot of other stuff in the water. And I would assume that snake venom is a fairly large molecule. Am I am I wrong in in thinking that? I'm sorry, what'd you say again? Snake venom is a fairly large molecule, most of them, right? Oh, the proteins are, yeah, they're fairly large molecules. Peptides are smaller. Would it reliably get through, like, the water filtration and everything? Uh, I I would guess so. They have filtering systems for these water systems, and they're still finding it in the water. (laughs) So it must be able to make its way through there. So, so you know, I know it's kind of hard to grasp and everybody wants to talk about the water, but I'm telling you, they're finding it in water. That's all. That's the only place they're looking is in water. So it's in there. <laughs> so what they're doing with it, I don't know. I, but that's the only place they're looking for this respiratory virus to predict outbreaks of COVID-19 throughout the country. So you might as well pay attention to your water. They're testing well, it. You might as well look at it. And, and, and by the way, I, the reason why I want to bring this up is because there was a um, researcher Based out of Pennsylvania, I believe, right? Brian Liu? Bing. Bing Liu. Bing Liu. I want, I want to play this clip really quick because this, this came and went, but this is a researcher that was really close to getting to the, the you know, uh, breakthroughs on COVID-19. This is in May of 2020. Let's go ahead and play this clip. In Pennsylvania, a researcher working on the CCP virus was found dead with several gunshot wounds. Police believe it was a homicide, and the suspect appears to have killed himself afterwards. NTD's Miguel Moreno has more on the case. 37-year-old Bing Lu was found dead in his Ross Township home on May 2nd. The University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine said the researcher was on the verge of making very significant findings related to the CCP virus. The researcher had gunshot wounds in the head, neck, and other parts of his body. On May 4th, the Ross Police Department said they believe his death was a homicide. Not far from Bing's home, the body of another man was found inside a car. The police said it appeared to be a self-inflicted shot to the head, so police suspect that he shot and killed Bing, went to his car, and then killed himself. 
The two men knew each other, but the police department said they have no information to say that his death was related to his work on the virus. Miguel Moreno, NTD News. And sorry to interrupt, guys. I just do have to remind everybody that today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you like to hike or spend time outdoors, if you like to climb like I do, uh, Colorado's amazing for that. Uh, health insurance won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight, but with Air Medcare Network, you are covered for as little as $85 a year. Your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, if you use promo code DAILY, that is D-A-I-L-Y, promo code DAILY, you will receive up to a $50 e-gift card back when you sign up today. You can do so at airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily. So sorry to interrupt. Keep going, guys. So tell, tell me, Dr. Artis, what did, I, what did I just hear? I mean, this guy was making significant claims. The person knew him, but they didn't, t- they didn't draw a line to that person and say, this is the person that actually shot and killed him. Why? Uh, yeah, so what they actually spun this in the media was, thanks for bringing it up, but uh, they actually spun it all over the world for like months that what they discovered was this was a lover's triangle. The two men supposedly were quarreling over a woman and it was a murder-suicide uh, uh, you know, scenario. And this is, uh, this is not new. They do that all the time. <laughs> like, they will spin right. that view all the time. So I have to tell you, when I was doing all my research on uh, uncovering this possible source of SARS-CoV-2 might have originated from snakes. The April study, I just, I mean, the January 2020 study I just showed you where it references the codon usage bias is most similar to snakes, and that means the origin. In, February, in April of 2020, four months later, France published their own study, and they were evaluating the spike protein, and they actually ran it through gene sequencing data or software and actually put it up on a little table, and it was SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, most identical to cobra venom and crepe venom. This was published at the end of April 2020. Bing Lu is a computational genetics worker. That's what he does for a job, and he was researching the spike protein for SARS-CoV-2. And then he announced that that week, his department at the University of Pittsburgh was ready to release their findings. And the day before the press release, he ends up murdered seven bullets to his chest and abdomen, three to his head. And guys, when I read this, I had this sinking feeling in December that uh, I had this really heavy feeling that this is very dangerous to go looking for this origin that Bing Lu was looking into, that they would definitely want to cover this up and destroy it. Well, in because the actual, now, now we're getting to this, this, right? We're, we're getting yeah. to this information now, and I think that the 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 reason why it had him in April him come out or may come out with this information and said, hey, that this is a this is a venom. This is not a um, it's tied to uh, snake venom peptides. Had they done that, then they probably could have curbed the entire COVID-19 uh, pandemic at the, at the start and saved lives. And how many yeah, people would I we have? these two friends that knew each other because Bing Lu probably had talked to his friend about what he was about to release and what the findings were. So they made sure they silenced them. And interesting to me, I've spent the last three months trying to find the research that he did. And Bahar, his professor, his director, Director Bahar at at the University of Pittsburgh, promised he would release all of Bing Lu's research. And he never has. I find that disgusting. It's like two years later. But so I have to tell you, 
when I started to get panicked about security was when I came across Bing Lu's story in the midst of my research. And I was like, oh my God, if they're willing to murder people, uh, what's going to happen when I'm already on somewhat of a national and international stage and I bring it out? Because uh, they're not finished with their agenda for sure. So in I'm the actual, I just want to say that I actually went and talked to Mike Adams down in Houston or yeah. Austin privately. Uh, and I told him the story and we met in a field. Yeah, he's very, he's very aware of technology and he's always paranoid about people tracking him. So we went out to the middle of a field and I told him everything. And he's like, you cannot release this and people know who you are. You got to do it anonymously. And he really freaked me out after a five hour visit. So I stopped looking you two at anything related to COVID at all. And the sources being venom. I didn't look at anything for like two weeks. And in the Stu Peters show, uh, they actually show two things that got me to go back and look at it. There was an episode on the blacklist, the show. It's season four, episode 15. And I, my parents told me to watch this show and I don't even watch TV, but I was enjoying watching it in the midst of all this stuff. And uh, two weeks after Mike Adams freaked me out and made me paranoid about I was gonna die, I was gonna be hunted. Don't look at anything without people knowing what you're doing. Don't get all this technology to keep it scrubbed. Scrub your laptop, all this stuff. I mean, I was freaking out. So I didn't do anything. Then I see this episode that they show in the documentary. You got to watch it. Go watch season four, episode 15. Just so you know, everything is symbolic. Episode, season four, episode 15. You add those two numbers together, it equals 19. Yeah. 19. They tell the whole corona pandemic in that episode. All of it. That corticosteroids work, budesonide works. They even say corona of death in there. Then they actually talk about the peptides coming from the crate snake that the main character drinks and gets sick with a respiratory virus. It's about to kill him. Or it looks like a respiratory virus. They're trying to figure it out. That happened. And then three days later, my wife's like, honey, uh, I'm you're, you should go get something to eat. They talk about it in the, the documentary. And I, I picked a Chinese restaurant because it was right down the street from where we were. And she looked at me and goes, honey, we haven't eaten at a Chinese restaurant in five years. And I said, right here, it's carbs. I need them because I'll get hangry. So we just stopped real quick at like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I told the story on the documentary. She opens her fortune cookie. I, I opened mine. And I'm out of my mind going crazy. That on the, I cracked open the cookie. And there's some, the back of it, which usually has lottery numbers, it has a name on the back of it. And I quickly turned it around. And then I picked it up and brought it to my face and read the actual fortune to my wife. And I sat it back down staring at me. The fortune was looking at me and I couldn't eat my food. And my wife's looking at me. She's like, what's wrong with you, honey? Aren't you hungry? And I said, I am, but something's really bothering me about what's on the back of that paper. And uh, she goes, what is it? And I said, I can't believe what's on the back of that paper. There's no way that you, honey, reached in that big old bucket, pulled out a fortune cookie, put it in front of my plate, and it wasn't the one you opened. It's the one I opened because she would have never recognized it. This is the actual fortune. You see it? The secret to vast riches begins with a single penny. Now, I want you to notice the lucky number. What's the first lucky number? 19, 23, 19. 27. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Just, just focus on the first one. The first one is 19. I thought that was crazy enough. But the back is what bothered me. And this is when I decided that God had my back. And it was time to take this to the world. I'm not even joking. This is what was on the back. Ice skating. Lu Bing. Oh, wow. And it is spelled identical to his name. Bing Lu. No one else on the planet would have looked at that probably and went like this. Oh, my God. Bing Lu's name's on the back of that thing. 
Bing Lu in parentheses is all I could focus on. And this is when the weight of the world set in on me about three or four weeks, three weeks ago or so. When I flew up to go see Stu, I was like, I need security because God's telling me, don't forget Bing Lu. Don't forget his story and go tell the world what he figured out. Uh, and the truth is, please don't worry about the weapon. I've said for two years, their bioweapon sucks. It kills less than 1% of all people that's gotten it, no matter if it's in the air or if it's in the water. They've been horrible with this thing. But Dr. Artis, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of evil, right? It's the venom. They're using venom, literally, to make you sick. And then they're pumping you full, what I believe, is snake venom called remdesivir. And they say on their EUA, don't co-administer it with hydroxychloroquine because hydroxychloroquine inhibits these snake venom peptides that we're showing you like University of Arizona said, the SARS-CoV-2 patients are dying with this thing that looks like venom coursing through their veins. No kidding. Anti-malarials block that stuff. They don't want you using it. And I, it just, I just started surmising is everything related to COVID, uh, like to venom. Uh, and I just have to tell you, it goes all the way to the mRNA shots. Do you want me to show you some stuff about the oh, mRNA yeah. shots? Yeah, go into the dynabeads yes. and the gel. Yes. And re actually, real quick before you do, um, just because I know you just mentioned the number 19, uh, this was another one of the things that you uh, that you brought up was this study about the oh my God, Cobra reference is, gene. This is insane. Everybody pay attention. Go ahead. Yeah. So these and this was again years ago. These guys were doing research on the genome on this. And the title of this, if you want to find it, if you're on audio version, is the Indian Cobra reference genome and transcriptome enables comprehensive identification of venom toxins and we say COVID-19 is like because it came out in, in 2019. If you read down here, the sec, the first paragraph here in bold. Start right in the middle there. At the bottom, third sentence from the bottom, like fourth line up from the bottom on that abstract bold part. It says among, among the, the 139 toxin genes were 19 venom specific toxins or VSTs that showed ven venom gland specific expression and these probably encode the minimal core venom effector proteins. Synthetic venom reconstituted through VST expression will aid in the rapid development and safe and effective synthetic antivenom. They found 19 yeah. specific toxins that tar that target, if you read through this, that target specific organs, correct? Oh yeah, and it gets even better. So just so you know, this 19 number of venom toxins in Indian, Indian, Indian King Cobra venom, was published, that study in January of 2020, the same month the pandemic started in America. I don't find that ironic. But the same information was already found by a scientist in Australia in 2005 by Dr. Brian Fry. He's found the same 19 venom toxins were specifically targeting organs inside of mammals to kill them. And the inside of vipers, they have the same organs you do, and as those organs secrete enzymes to the venom glands of snakes, the snakes convert those organ-specific enzymes into organ-destroying viper toxins. Okay? <laughs> this is what they figured out. In 2005, ask me if I find it ironic that in the same year, 2005, SARS-CoV-1 was in Middle East and, in, uh, and here in America, SARS-CoV-1, and they figured out then that hydroxychloroquine stopped SARS-CoV-1. The same year they discovered the 19 peptides in Australia in viper venom. I do not find this coincidence. I actually think SARS-CoV-1 was like their little, their, uh, little testing experiment with these venoms. 
and they knew that there was 19 of them and they were going to use the year 2019 to release the next one as they worked to actually use these toxic specific venoms. If you look at the bottom of that research study, that research study is significant. If you look at that research study and see who funded it, the one you were just showing, January of 2020. Who, who was funding The it? company that funded it is a company called Genentech. It's at the very bottom. Oh, in this article, they have a great graph. It's a circle and it says 19 VSTs. You should find it in there. Go scroll and look at this image first. Go look for this the image. It's a big circle and it shows a cobra spitting venom and it shows everything it does in the human body. Yep, keep going. You'll see it here in a minute. It'll be a big circle. It's very cool. And it describes everything that happens to COVID-19 oh. patients right there, right there. Ask me if it's ironic. There's 19 of them. Okay, so first thing you see on the left at the top, what do you see? You see lungs, respiratory failure, neurological, cardiovascular, hemorrhaging of blood vessels, neurological paralysis. And then you'll, it actually showed you all 19 venom peptides, what they do in the body, in a human body, what they do. And you'll see all of this is actually a summary of what happens when you put somebody on remdesivir. It's all of it. Every single one of those things can be tied. Every single one of those things is found in SARS-CoV-2. In fact, any of you could go like this. You could type in SVMPS, that thing on the right, Kunitz, Crisp, Venom, Nerve Growth Factor, and look for, do a search and type in any of those and type SARS-CoV-2. You'll find them all are linked to SARS-CoV-2. It's crazy. PLA2, you already know about that. CVF, go look at right. it. Five so, nucleotides. It's awesome. Anyway, all of it's there. So, now, go so look need, at the... I need to ahead. ask you a question. I mean, this is, and this is a big question, right? Um, you have millions of people around the world that have died, right? I think it's like 30 million total around the world. Is that right? 20 million, 15 million? I have no idea. Too many. All right. Months too many. How, how do you produce enough of enough viper venom to do this? I mean, how do you, do you synthesize it? Are we, are we creating it out of, um, uh, some sort of uh, synthesized version? So it's, it's not a, uh, it's not real venom, but it, it uses the peptides and they're just, artificially producing it and how much of it would you need? I mean, these are all questions that I, that I asked myself and how would you get it into the natu natural water uh, supply and how would you put it in the water supply? And, you know, and I even get more, it even gets worse for me than that is could they be spraying it on food? Could they be, you know, could it not be in the water, but be on food supply? Could it be something that's happening in the, in the, the, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? The, pesticides that they put on vegetables well, you know it's interesting I mean, china is actually they've come out with some stuff talking about how they're going to use drones and use some aerosolized thing to fight covid <laughs> it's, i wouldn't trust that for a second oof. i would just go ahead and say this they have figured out how to aerosolize cobra venom they have they already know how to do that are they going to do it yes i actually have someone that works in the u.s national counterterrorism y'all should actually talk to him his name is dr tal braun Okay. He actually wrote a letter, Albron, T-A-U-B-R-A-U-N. He actually works in the U.S. National Counterterrorism Unit, and he trains the FBI and the CIA agents right now for the United States on how to combat, prevent, and handle mass killings worldwide. That's all he specializes in. February, tw sorry, June 22nd of 2021, he wrote a letter to the FBI, and, he, and it says, I know they keep talking in the media that SARS-CoV-2 is a respiratory virus, but it's not. It's envenomation. They're using snake venom. And I can give you all my research and documentation. I didn't even learn about him until the day I flew to go talk to Stu the same day. When I found this email, I was like, wait, somebody else already figured this out? 
this guy told me that he knows it's God must have told me. There's no way anyone else got me this information. He goes, because no one else has figured this out but him. He said, uh, God must have showed you this stuff because the killing is about to start. He said, the die-off is about to start. And I said, what die-off? And he goes, the die-off of the vaccinated. He says that he's got evidence and knows which biological labs around the world are producing aerosolized cobra venom peptides. And the people who have been vaccinated are going to be most susceptible to the die-off when they start spraying this inside of subway trains, airplanes, when it goes into their lungs because they already have mRNA from snake venom in their body, their body is going to attack their lung tissue when they inhale the venom that's aerosolized. And it's going to create what's called lung tissue fibrosis. It's going to turn their lungs into cartilage and they are going to die. And he is convinced that God helped me identify where, what the source is for this with the stage that I'm on and the way I explain things to help prevent the die off from coming because this is what they're doing. He said, he actually told me on the phone, I can actually go online right now and order online. He said, Cobra venom aerosolized. And this is what they're going to do. They're going to start taking those who have gotten the shots and they're going to start spraying the venom in enclosed areas like planes, schools, uh, subway trains. You really should talk to this guy. It's a, it's a God thing that he's out there. And uh, I actually told Stu Peters in the interview that I already knew about Tal Braun. Yeah, look at this. Moderna. This How did y'all find this? Oh, Moderna. I was up. Brian, I was up all night. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a part of all my presentations. There's actually a venom bank who provides snake venom and other venoms to the World Health Organization in the, U in the EUA. And it's called Moderna Official Venom Shop. You can buy Cobra Venom from these people for $200. I have all this stuff. Great job finding it. It is almost Wait, hold disgusting. on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Go to the very bottom. Where, where is this place located at? Go to the bottom of that website. It's an American company. Here, let me go to About Us. Hor Wait, go to the bottom again. It said Horseshoe Blood for Sale. Horseshoe Crab Blood horseshoe for Sale. Crab blood. Yeah, you can, these are all venomous. Viper Snake Venom Online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, why, would, why would you want Horseshoe Crab Blood? They actually, they use that to make, um, I can't remember. Look how much it costs. Scorpion venom? They use horseshoe crab blood for, for some very, con I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. So supposedly people are buying this stuff to actually create anti-venoms against these things or drugs for humans. I don't know if y'all know this. I've learned a lot in the last four months about just how much uh, snake venom is being used. Oh, remember the study just before this? Is this not wild that there is a Moderna Venom company? I didn't know this. That sells Venom. That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It's insane. Why, okay, are so, they, why are they selling Black Mamba? I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to this. figure out the why. Look at your official Venom Pharmacy, your number one Venom bank online. Yeah, check that out. This yeah, is unbelievable. Crazy is okay, so it's, look, it's crazy. You, you had me at hello. Right, and I'm sitting here throw, going through this, and I'm, and I'm a little. And there are people in the comments. I mean, Robert's saying it. This guy's going to make us look like assholes. Um, it, this is just a conspiracy. But I want to. I want to, Robert. I want to talk it? directly to you. I want to talk directly to this Robert guy for a minute. Um, and he's he's he gives us pretty good comments usually. 
But I think his fear is, is that it's so evil. It's so evil that how could someone be that evil? I mean, how, how could someone literally be evil enough that they actually came up and concocted a deal to create a, a worldwide pandemic based upon venom? The peptides, and by the way, you can synthesize. I was researching while we were, you were talking. You can synthesize those peptides as well very easily. They have been mass-producing synthetic venoms from snakes and, and these snails since 1989, mass-producing them. They've had 40 years of making this stuff producing it in manufacturing facilities around the world. That's what biological weapons factories are. They have learned how to do this. And in 1989, they said that the venom from conotoxins, they can make it in a factory and it is exactly as potent as the actual venom from the snail. And they can mass produce it. So, so the, the reason why I want to say this to you, and by the way, I've held one of those snakes that you put up there, the vipers you just put up there. This is them saying that they can make synthetic Venom. This is CNN 2020. Yeah. So it, I want to, I'll just put this out there. The, these are theories that have not fully played out. Just like it was a theory when we talked about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin back in April and May of 2020. And then you have um, Bing Lu that was killed, murdered. And by the way, shot seven times. That's not just shooting someone once or twice. You shoot someone seven times. That's uh, they had to make it There's look like it was. It was 10 shots total, just seven to his chest, three to his head. That's 10. So, so they had to make it look like something that was extreme, right? I mean, he was dead on the first shot probably. And they, you, you know, the, the and, and I, I want to say this to everyone here. I want to I I say this to Robert specifically. And, and Dr. Artis, you're going to have to hear this. When you talk about God, when you talk about like the, the God principle, I didn't want to get, I was a tech CEO. I ran one of the largest first-party data aggregators in the nation, sans Google. I, that was my company. I'm a two-time Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year nominee and a finalist in 2020. And they said, you'll win if you'll just shut your mouth, Joe. I did that for a decade. I find myself on a call with Eric Coomer where he says, he's not going to win. Trump's not going to win. Don't worry about it. I made effing sure of it. To get to that, to be hunting, to somebody send me an article, to seeing Eric Coomer's name, to put all that together... It is, it's, it's improbable. So I want to say to Robert, it, look, if, if we, on one side, we're talking about the fact that we've stripped God from everything. Now we have to talk about how God reinserts himself into our society, into our community, and who he uses. And he's going to use men. He's going to use women. He's going to use people in the community in order to bring truth to the forefront. It doesn't mean that we're 100% right. I was 100% right. I was on that call. But it doesn't mean we're 100% right yet. But but the concept behind pepti this is not something that is far off the grid. Now, they're going to take it far off the grid and say, oh, no, now they're saying that, 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 that the tinfoil adders are running around with venom uh, because that's what they do, right? They try to discredit everyone by saying it's not true. But, but I think we have to start looking at the sinister nature and put it all together collectively. Uh, you know, Yuval Noah Harari, right? The guy's an absolute psychopath. George Soros, Klaus Schwab. I mean, you can go down the line. These guys have to have weapons. Bill Gates, right? They have to have weapons. They have to be able to manipulate people and cause great amounts of fear. And then they have to stop you from getting access to things that will save your life. And we just showed you the report. The report actually shows you that ivermectin would literally stop this from happening, and they did not give people ivermectin. And the reports are for venom. 
And ivermectin stops that respiratory uh, uh, distress. Everything, though. Bronchodilators, uh, the corticosteroids. What was, what has, uh, um, oh, my God, Richard, uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett. Yeah. So what was he been given? Corticosteroids, budesonide, bronchodilator, corticosteroids, hydroxychloroquine, the zinc, uh, like all of it, 100% all of yeah, it. The yeah, the one thing about this, I just want to make sure and reiterate this, and for Robert, too, it is so far-fetched to even think it might be venom. What I wanted people to understand, and all the medical doctors, from the beginning of the monologue yesterday before the yeah. Stu Peters documentary aired, he told me I had 40 seconds to say something. And I said, great, I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell the world that I love them, and then I'm going to tell every medical doctor who I respect and admire how I know that they are right, and they cannot stop using the same things they've been using to save lives because it won't matter what variant they come out with. It's all related to the same toxin, but it's venom. You just don't know that's what you're treating. And these same corticosteroids, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C, NAC, all of them protect and inhibit snake venom peptides that are known to be neurotoxic, blood toxic, and cell toxic. And that's what's happening from COVID-19. So just keep doing it. And if you want to go look to see and test all these patients for snake venom, do it. The ELISA IG test will show up positive for all of them, which is the snake bite test they use in ER centers. And how crazy will it be when they start taking vaccinated people who start having side effects, draw their blood, squirt it on a snake bite test, and it lights up positive? This will be phenomenal. It's going I mean, to be phenomenal. And, and look, I, I got really sick with COVID. I mean, I got my blood oxygen level was below 70. I couldn't go to a hospital. And, and I'll tell you this, um, I had to, I protect myself very well. I mean, I, I actually sleep with three guns within arm's reach <laughs> of my bed, right? And I have bulletproof glass. I have all sorts of stuff on my house, right? Just crazy stuff that I had to because of the crazy. So I know what crazy you're talking about. Um, but but I but I want to I want to say that you know the truth as you start expanding on this and doing more research, um, you know we, we just want to hear more. Like we want to we want to know as that research starts to expand with you, because um, I know you have a show that you have to get ready for to do the same thing again. You're you're doing this one after another, and you're you're leaving this show to go to I think uh, blessed his is it glory. blessed his glory. his glory yeah, his glory. and then after his, his glory you have another one. And so Brian, if you have a if you have a couple more minutes. Uh, I know you brought it up earlier because I, I think this is important. I, I was listening to this and I dug into it. If you have a couple minutes to go through Gene and Tech. Uh, yeah, th th I think this is significant. Good. I didn't know I didn't know what Gene and Tech was, but when I read this Indian King Cobra gene sequencing study that I published January of 2020, the 19 venom specific toxins just stuck out. Like it just, just blew up in my face. I was like 19, that's too ironic. Let me go look and see who funded this. And it was Gene and Tech in the declarations and conflict of interest part of this study. It's at the very end. They declare the Gene and Tech employees declare a conflict of interest because they own stock and shares in a company called Roche. Now, I didn't know who Gene and Tech was, and I wanted to know, is there a connection between Gene and Tech and possibly the drug maker Gilead? Only to find out that Gilead bought two biological facilities from Genentech in 2011. They wow. bought them from 2011 and brought 55 of their employees into Gilead with them in 2011. 
And I was like, oh my God, could this be the connection to Gene and Tech and Gilead and possibly that remdesivir has snake venom peptides. You guys can go look at this now and go research it all you like. Gene and Tech right now has seven anti-cancer drugs that they have patented and they actually sell and distribute for cancer treatment. All seven of them are derived from components of snake venom. That's what Gene and Tech specializes in. Now, Gene and Tech, who deals with snake venom, was bought by Gilead, two facilities. They brought 55 of their people into their company in 2011. Gilead makes remdesivir. But the fact that they declared a conflict of interest because of their stock ownership and options they own in a company called Roche, I was like, what's the connection to Roche? You guys should do it right now. Then I need to get off this. I'm sorry. And we'll do some more later. If you look it up, look up what company was given the emergency use authorization for testing SARS-CoV-2 patients at the beginning of the pandemic in America? What company? It's called Roche. And amazingly, Roche, who was awarded by our FDA the first emergency use authorization for test kits to identify SARS-CoV-2 infected COVID-19 Americans, it actually says in the articles, Roche has been given the emergency use authorization to use their SARS-CoV-2 test kits. Guess what it's called? Cobas. Coba. C-O-B-A-S. It looks a lot like Cobras. <laughs> and Roche and Genentech have been doing testing. Look up Cobas. Wow. C-O-B-A-S. Roche. SARS-CoV-2 test kits. This is what they've been using from the beginning to look for in the body SARS-CoV-2 particles. It's called Cobas. Ask me if I find it ironic that they took the R of Roche out of Cobras and trademarked their SARS-CoV-2 test kits with Cobas. It's just, it's in your face. And then go look at the new uh, vaccine for COVID-19 in India. It's called Corbavax. All you gotta do is transpose the R and the B and it reads Cobravax. And the company that makes it called Biological E, they specialize in manufacturing Cobra venom, Crate venom, and their anti-venom. No, come on. No, I'm serious. Come on. I, I, I have it. I have it. Come on. Is that, that I have it. No, that, I have it. Hold on. I'm serious. It's it's ridiculous. Here it is. You just this cut is me biologically. Off. Look, look. Oh, there we go. Now just transpose the R and the B and it says Cobravax. <laughs> you can't this is get a real obvious. thing. This is a real thing. I mean, thing? this this is why people this this is by the way, this is Satan. I just want you to Oh my gosh. Corbivax. Now, if you look at their products, go to the products pages for them. Uh, they have what's called a Sera uh, page where they actually show their products. And if you look at the Sera products, which are blood products, they'd actually list Cobra Venom as their number one thing. Crate Venom is the number two thing that they manufacture. It's really wild. Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable. Th see, this is the stuff where... Look, it's biblical. It's biblical. And this is why I say that we have to fight. We have to fight from the front. And and frankly, I think that's why. I mean, there that there's this fear, and they're writing. You know, uh, Brian, they they put this thing up that they that they said that you know that Joe is, you know, he came to power. And I'm thinking to myself, came to what power? By the way, did did you know that I was nominated from the floor at the assembly to be governor of Colorado to run for governor? And no, that's phenomenal. That, that happened on Saturday. So I was there and uh, they nominated me from the floor. So Rich Wyatt, who was Gunsmoke, 
and uh, one of the sitting uh, reps for Colorado legislature uh, nominated me and, and uh, seconded. So I get up there and just start talking about the fact that people have been left behind. And the place erupted. I mean, 3,800 awesome. delegates erupted. And I made the decision that at that point, I was like, I, I can't run for governor because if I take the ticket, then all these people that have been working for the last 12 months be pushed out. And there's a couple of really good candidates for governor. Um, so I declined it at the end. And then they're scrambling behind me to cut off my mic because I declined. Right. So, you know, we've got to stop him from talking. <laughs> but it's so that's in Colorado. This is Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Diane, uh, what's her name? Diane Neuschwanger. Neuschwanger. Yeah. Danielle. Danielle Neuschwanger. Yeah. Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just encourage her. <laughs> well, no, she, she, she missed the ticket by three points, percentage points. And so now we have Aww. a huge problem with duplicate ballots and duplicate, uh, or not duplicate ballots, but duplicate, because uh, they use these clickers, which, by the way, were were phased out in July of 2021. They actually stopped supporting them. It's crazy, man. The whole thing is crazy. It's, it's crazy. But look, we have more that we need to go through with you. I need to do a lot more research. I'm, I'm literally, I might, uh, so maybe we'll get you on next week again if you have time just to kind of give us an update and, and allow me to gather some more documents so that I can. Um, and, you, and you guys can do this too with your audience. It, I mean, everything is explained here. If you actually look at, for example, the magnetism crap that was going on with all the shots, yeah, that's goodness. actually called by, caused by something Apollo mentioned. It's called Dynabeads. And the two individuals who created the mRNA vaccines named Drew Wiseman at uh, University of Pennsylvania, along with Cataline Carrico, in 2009, they were using Dynabeads, wrapping it in nanoparticle hydrogel around mRNA from snake venom. And they were finding how stable Dynabeads were making the hydrogel to insert and get the DNA of mRNA, or sorry, the mRNA gene into the cells and into the DNA of animal DNA. They've been doing that since 2009. Dynabeads are, if you look at Thermo Fisher Scientifics, their catalog on Dynabeads, they're called super magnets. These little balls, super magnets. And what happens is when you wrap a biological par particle with it, they repel each other and they'll just disperse all over the body you inject them into. This is unbelievable. It explains everything. And this study right here, you're looking I at. I need a drink. This study right here, they used yeah. PCR tests to analyze for mRNA of snake venom. They found that in 2012, when this study was done, that they were looking at the mRNA stability from snake venom they had stored since 1984 and the mRNA was still stable, sitting in the destructive snake venom peptides of snake venom, the snake venom itself did not degrade the mRNA for 30, it's 1984 to 2012, that's 38 years. That's how stable mRNA of snake venom is. When we've wondered, why are they using mRNA? Why roll out mRNA? It makes no sense. Until I saw all this stuff, I'm like, oh my God, all of the technology that they've rolled out in, their sh yeah. in the shots, the hydrogel, all this stuff, it was d all developed and tested with RNA from snakes. Or they get mRNA into your DNA, your body will start replicating snake venom proteins and peptides that shred the body internally, cause autoimmune diseases, death, carnage. It's what it does. That SPLA2 enzyme that they are injecting into your cells with these mRNA shots, your body's now making it. And it is causing everything Dr. Ryan Cole sees under a slot as a pathologist. 
when I assume this could be why we're seeing those massive clots in people, because if yes. they're having all these microclots, then their, their blood, I assume, is going to upregulate fibrinogen, and they're going to have these massive things, but the snake venom is causing their blood not to clot, which is why you don't see necrotic tissue in edema, because the blood isn't clotting around all that fibrinogen. Hey, if you're ever wondering if pa Apollo is like some sort of little geek when it comes to <laughs> medical stuff, he, uh, he, he can write, he's like, <laughs> It's awesome. All right. I really need to go, but I really appreciate it. And let's go over more stuff. I've got tons of documentation and tons of things to just kind of dispel the fear. But let me just ask you something. If I'm right, could you imagine one more day that they inject this mRNA that I'm convinced has snake venom phosphodiesterase and all the side effects point to it? Could you imagine if the FDA comes out and says it's time to start injecting six-month-old to four-year-olds with these shots? They're trying to now. They're trying to. I know now. they are. Why do you think I'm trying to stop this damn thing? Go look. Go test it. If they find snake venom phosphodiesterase, I'm calling on the world. Go test all the shots. That's what these people at the University of Pennsylvania were using to cleave and cut DNA in the cells of animal tissue in 2009. Snake venom phosphodiesterase to get mRNA into the DNA of the animal. That's what the two Giving remdesivir to kids. What's that? And giving remdesivir to kids. To, and you're to, giving remdesivir to kids that has every known side effect of cobra venom. Unbelievable. And lastly, uh, go to Liberty Cigars, by the way. I need some more cigars. Somebody go buy me some cigars. Buy me some cigars. I need some more of these. And use Liberty at LibertyCigars.com. Great sponsor. You get 17.76% off. All right. Dr. Brian, right, I love you guys. I'm Thank you, brother. You. Absolutely. Brian, I'm very proud you. to stand God bless you. The powerful men. Yeah, you're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> All right, God bless you, brother. Be safe. God bless you guys, too. All right. You guys be safe. Bye. Right. Dr. Brian Artis. Uh, guys, listen. Um, it, you know, somebody just says it's, it's genocide no matter how you look at it. That's absolutely true. And, and remember what I said, standing in the gap. We have to stand in the gap. And... I think I talked yesterday about, I know I did, uh, sitting in front of 130 people that were Democrats, and I started speaking to them about where we are. And they go, no one's ever come to talk to us this way. It, this is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is a psychopath, sociopath, liars in, that are trying to destroy your community, destroy who you are, right? Limit and, and destroy our population while, while making themselves, as Yuval Harari said, gods, lowercase g. But we have to learn to stand together. We have to stand together and we have to basically be that effectual voice to stop these people from doing what they're doing. Imagine a government so evil, so rife with evil and so rife with corruption that you could actually see the evil. That is what we're dealing with. And most of you that, that don't believe that this could be the case. You know why? Because you're not a bad person and bad people don't think about how to hurt other people. But there are a lot of bad people out there thinking about how to hurt other people. And how many of you have lost grandmothers and, or grandfathers or fathers or mothers or sisters or brothers or sons or daughters? I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said right now for, for what we're facing as a nation, and all of it because we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Now I'm going to tell you this. There is no benefit of the doubt. And I'm not going to concentrate on one part of the Bible. I'm going to concentrate on the whole Bible. I'm going to concentrate on the part where it says that you have to stand up and sometimes take up the sword. 
And we are definitely in that place where we have to take up the sword. They can no longer take from us what we do not allow them to take. And so to answer the article of how did Joe come to power, I never came to power. I empower others and I stand with courage. And I'm standing basically dancing. Like on the dance floor, you see those people dancing? I'm, I got up there and started dancing first, right? And then other people started dancing with me. And now all of a sudden we have other people that are creating other dances around the country and around the world. And now we have to learn to set aside our petty differences and beat these mothers to death. And that does not mean to be violent, no. But violence begets violence. And killing our family members and people in our community, stealing from us, creating us, turning us into slaves, that is worthy of a Boston Tea Party. That is worthy of the Declaration of Independence becoming a living document today. That is worthy of us protecting the Constitution. It is worthy of us, of us having a voice, of getting rid of and creating an alternate path of technology, an alternate path in our society. I am, I am riddled by every night I go to sleep and I think to myself, Lord, please, just if you could just help us become strong, stand together, and stand against this evil. So I want to thank you guys all for coming out. I want to tell you the two things that I'm going to continue to push on you is to become a member of conservative-daily.com for as little as $10 and make your voice heard. Help us help you to create an opportunity to get to the bottom of election fraud. This is more about contributing and helping us grow the technology and the voice, not for me. It's never going to be about me. It's never going to be about Apollo. It's going to be about your voice. It's going to be about getting your message out there to protect our community. So go there and become a member. The other thing is, is that FEC United was founded on the idea that we can protect our communities by standing on the three pillars of our community. Faith, which, by the way, spiritual food is as important as the food you eat. Education. Education is the lifeblood of future generations, so they come through and have the same opportunity and grow into create positive mores of our society based on ethical and moral standards. And then commerce. How do we protect our small to medium businesses and push away these behemoth organizations that literally are drying up our communities and turning it into a desert where the only place that you can buy anything is through one of these big companies who, again, reign over top of you. It's not a mistake that Dominion Voting Systems uses the word dominion, which means to rule over. It's not a mistake. They are saying the quiet part out loud. And now we have to stand with courage. So go to FECUnited.com and become a member. Please do. Commissioned. You can go to commission.global, FEC United, um, FEC United on commission.global. Sign up. Go to FEC United there and just, you know, uh, just join that group. The biggest part is, is that we'll contact you and it'll come through your push notifications when there's something to have happen in your area. And then encourage other people to become an ambassador of truth. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Actually, before we, before we leave, Joe, I want to just read one. Uh, I want to read... One verse, which is 2 Timothy uh, one three. Behold, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they, they will hand you over to their councils and flog you in their synagogues. 
on my account you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how to respond or what, you're, or, or what to say. In that hour, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So I want to encourage all of you, please do not be afraid and do not worry about what to say or how to, how to move forward. Just act in faith. And regardless of Yes. Regardless of, of how much of this turns out to be true, all of it, none of it, it doesn't matter. We know that this is evil and well, this is I genocide mean, there's, anyway. There's, 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 there's oh, it's, it's true. It's, I mean, there's, <laughs> it's true. We, we don't know. We haven't fully examined the theory, but we know that the peptides exist. We know that there are other people doing it. We know that there's been people murdered as a result of this to keep people quiet. Yeah. But so, I, just, in, I encourage you, Joe, you say it all the time. Be an ambassador for truth. Be the arbiter of your own reality. Do not allow the mainstream media, the CDC, these devils in government who wish to convince you that their world is the world that you should see. How you act and think and behave should be according to their rules. Choose for yourself and, and follow in faith. The commissioned app is so that we can all be instantly in touch with each other. So move forward in faith. Uh, God bless all of you. God bless America. Yeah, God bless you. All right, so... Um, I do want to say this, Father God, please watch over the people that are listening and, and please watch over our enemies and turn their hearts to you, Father. Please go with us this day as we uh, get the stuff done we need to get done. Hopefully people didn't spend too much time here and not get the things done that need to get done in their lives. Father, please bless, um, uh, bless America and help us that we may stand up in strength and do your will. Um, we are very grateful for the blessings you've given us and we, we know that a part of this is just restoring you to our community and to our society. So, Father, just thank you for the grace you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we decided we were going to end things with prayer because we thought it was nice to end it with prayer and to honor God because it's all about God. And we know in the end that God does win. So if you like us, follow us on Rumble. You can go to conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, CloudHub. And we're going to be live on the Frank Speech TV um, I think starting next week, they, they did call me today. Um, you're going to have to reach out to them. I'll give you the numbers. Sure. Call them. Um, also, on your way out, smash the rumble button if you would, please. You know, there's a bunch of people on there. I'd like to get it up to like seven, 800 so that it'll show up in everyone else's feed as part of the algorithm. Um, if you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Uh, show up there and give us a five-star review. Um, and uh, share this episode with someone that needs to hear it. This episode is amazing. Like, we, we need to get more. And to let you know what's happening tonight, we're going to have a Candace Taylor, the, uh, the candidate for governor in uh, Georgia, who is going to be with us tonight. She is the fan favorite and the people's candidate who is being suppressed by the, again, the radical left and the, um, you know, the, uh, what I call them, the radical left GOP. And so, uh, Danielle, I believe, as well. And we'll have D Danielle Neuschwanger is going to talk about what happened at the assembly. We'll have her on as half for half the show as well. Um, so, you know, th it should be really good. You can, if you need a uh, reminder when we go live, you can text the word freedom to 89517. We're going to change this too so it's, it becomes more of an a automatic, automatic uh, update to your phone. Um, we'll show you how that's going to work here in a bit. Um, other than that, you can go down here and sign up for our newsletter as well. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. And I'm Apollo. And remember, everyone, that this is, this is the stand. This is where we stand together. This is where we stand shoulder to shoulder. What they do to one of us, they do to all of us. God bless you. And I'll see you tonight.